And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday, specifically to all of you listening on Tuesday. That's right. That's the day that it is. <laughs> Today For- is Tuesday, April 26th, the year of our <laughs> Lord, 2022. There's no debate. This is Craig Custance, host, co-host? I don't know. Star. I could say. Star of the Tuesday Star. show with Sean Gentile, where we focus exclusively on the American teams because nobody wants to talk about them on the other days of the week. It's true. Especially that Ian Mendez. Especially on that Monday show that definitely has already taped, that I was I was third chair on. Definitely already mm-hmm. taped it. Definitely, um, definitely know what I said. So definitely Sean and I are being super immature, immature mm-hmm. right now, not any more than normal, because mm-hmm. it's really, for us, it's Monday I'm going. I'm traveling to New York for some business, super important business stuff, and uh, so rather than bring in Maxwell Boltman, to did you know he's Maximilian Boltman? That's actually no, he's not. Yeah, it is. He's Maxwell. I've seen his paperwork. (laughs) You've seen his. I've seen his W two. I know his name is. I've seen all the official papers. I don't. I. I. I think I have made up his middle name. Maximilian Sanderson Boltman. Mm-hmm. Sanderson, it's definitely Sanderson. <laughs> so we're recording. We are recording on a Monday, and we and we're just hoping nothing wild happens in the NHL tonight. So if it does, and we don't mention it, that's why it's Monday for us. And but we're this is going to be dropped on a Tuesday. But we felt confident we could do this because guess how many games are on the schedule tonight, Sean? I mean, it's technically one. Is that? Can we call it? That? Are you even calling it that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Blackhawks Flyers. Who cares? There's a Blackhawks flyer. So this, here we are in the heat of a playoff race. We're getting ramped up. We're getting excited for the playoffs. Um, and we've got one game. I got an email from, I think it was ESPN saying, hey, get excited. National TV, you know, ESPN's got the t- all the things we've ever wanted. 
So we went and like, yeah, what's the game? There's one game. This and is I know also on that schedule is your favorite topic that the NHL crushes. I mean, aside from that, this is two consecutive days where the Flyers have been ostensibly on national television because that was an ABC game yesterday against the Penguins, which was a complete, <laughs> complete dud. Very, very, very boring, even though the Penguins blew that game. So you have two straight days with mm, one of the three, <laughs> the third worst team in the league versus the fifth worst team in the league tonight. Great, great, great. Well, because they make that because these are big. We know the why. We know the why. Sean. No, we I, no, not really. Making the schedule is hard. Like I get that. That's true. It's a huge, huge undertaking. Hold what on. I don't before get, you get too far. Can uh, I just say one thing? Troy Terry is our guest today. Oh ladies my and gentlemen. gosh, he was great. He was so good. We recorded that on what? Uh, Two that months was ago? No, on Friday. Uh, that was on Valentine. It wasn't Valentine's Day. It was <laughs> <We> recorded <laughs> the Troy. Terry. He was so good. We have our run of national team development program players at four from the from the whatever team that was. No, I think he was the first one that we. I think he was the first one that Jeff got us deliberately. I think we made it through three consecutive or whatever it was uh, by accident, and they were like, "Oh, wait a second. That's three guests: Charlie <laughs> McAvoy, Christian Fisher. <laughs> we should probably get Austin Matthews. He's having a good year. He's got. He, he was yeah. on that team. So anyways, Troy Terry was great. We'll get to him in a second, but let me go let Sean let me get Sean back uh, engaged on the schedule and in the and why we can record a day in advance. I get that there's heavy days and light days. I and also me and Dom are the morons who decided to write power rankings on Thursday, which is one of the big nights. There's always like 14 games a night yeah, on why Thursday. Why do you do it on Thursday? I don't know. We we realized midway through like not long after we started it last year that it was <laughs> a poor tactical decision. And we're like, yeah, we got to change that for next year. But there's something, I mean, the flip side, oh God, this is so boring for people, is that like, yeah, sorry, it's a good thing to run on Schedule Fridays. Talk. It's a good thing to oh. run on Fridays because like there's not a lot, there's not a lot going on and whatever. So it's just sort of, you know, you take the hit, it, it pays off a little bit. Um, but making a schedule is tough. I mean, we God, we've seen it. There's a reason it takes it takes months and months. It's an insane logistical undertaking. We know how hard it was based on how much a cluster the COVID rescheduling was, right? Like that was just a moving target right. that, 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 that they had to hit. So I don't say this. I don't... I, I don't mean to dump on the schedule makers because they can only they can only play the cards that they've got. And it's fundamentally a really difficult job. But to have one game on the last Monday of the regular season and to have it be, I mean, it's just a bad break that it's Chicago, Philly, so whatever. Can't knock that. I understand that some days have to be light and you want to load up on Saturdays and that and there are, you know, there's collectively bargain things in place and whatever. Have two games, have three games, <laughs> have 12 games instead of 15. Why right, is it right. so, I, I get, and I get you have to load up on certain days for logistical reasons, like absolutely, but there is nothing that's stopping them from trying to at least break it up a little bit. It also staggers start times. That's it. Like pull off one of the, maybe put an East Coast game uh, on Monday night rather than have nine, seven, or 7.05 p.m. starts. To, it, it drives me crazy. And it's and it's been a problem for as long as I can remember. I'm sure it was a problem 25 years ago. But now, 
when you have people who are capable of watching every single game every single night if they choose for six ninety nine or whatever the ESPN right. or whatever the ESPN yeah. cost is, you are shooting yourselves in the foot. Spread it out, stagger start times a little bit because people want to be able to watch games without having eight of them go to intermission at the same time. And without having to right. juggle in what in especially during playoff chases or seating chases juggle eight different games at once like spread it out a little bit and i get that there's logistical concerns but you know i'm talking moving two games off of one night onto the other like why why can't that happen uh do i and, and like i do you have an answer for that like i do like I, oh yeah yes. seriously do no my they probably this is how they started doing it 20 years ago that's it i don't know it's it's actually a good question to say I know Mark Lazarus did a really good story on the schedule making a while back it, mm-hmm. because Jonathan Taves had some ideas on how to, um, you know, he wanted to, he had some concept, like just, again, just thoughtful ideas that could make it better and modernize the schedule in a way um, that isn't happening now. Cause I think the players would like to see some changes too. And, and uh, again, we, during COVID, we saw some kind of creativity and it's like, oh, maybe that's going to usher in this new era of, hey, this worked, this didn't, you know, a series and this, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, maybe have more two game, three game series, like yeah, whatever. Like make it interesting. Like I always thought that was fun. And, um, but it didn't, it just kind of referred it. And as always, if you think that this is impossible, there is another league, and I know that like the NBA only has one Canadian team to worry about, so that's the travel is like a little bit different, I suppose. But if you think this is impossible, there is another league that plays at the exact same time of year with the exact same schedule length and basically has a has a season that lasts the same length of time. Yeah. And yeah, you want big nights on the schedule. You want to be able to say like Thursday night's big for you know. For the NBA, Saturday night's big for right. Like that's fine, but spread it out a little bit. Like for the love of God, I it's I and I and this might be a niche complaint too because I'm someone who actually has to pay attention to all these games at once, and it can be like it can be overload. But I guarantee you, I, and I know this for a fact, is that a lot is that there's a lot of non media people who who are just who are just fans and enjoy watching hockey and they're the ones that are done a disservice because they're the ones that have it's the worst of both worlds because you have all because you have all these games that go to intermission at the same damn time Ugh. who should play tomorrow that's the that's the question like which of these which of these games that's all these games that are staggered for for Wednesday just just move move one of them off i don't understand it this is tangentially related, but it is. You wanna, you wanna, you, wait, you want to try that again? Oh, it's not tangentially. It's not the word I'm going for. Tangentially. What did I say? There's an IA in there, brother. This is somewhat related. <laughs> See what I get for trying to use big words. Um, because I think it's it falls into the same uh, lack of creativity. But you know, we're already kind of sneaking ahead and looking at playoff scheduling and playoff matchups. Uh huh. And we're on this collision course to have some real, I know we say this every year and I hate that we're just repeating arguing talking points, but two of the, you know, you, we have really good teams and great players who are about to, <laughs> it's not our round. fault that we're regurgitating talking points because they don't do anything to fix it. <laughs> like you're going to have the same conversations every year. If you don't do anything differently, 
Like the Wild and the Blues are going to play in the first round. And one of those teams is going home. It's not It's not fair. The Leafs and the Lightning are lined up to play each other in the first round. So either you're, you know, Austin Matthews, your best player in the league, as mm-hmm. we know, uh, or the team that's, we were just talking last week about being a potential dynasty three-peat. One, so you're either losing your best player in the league or your three-peat dynasty candidate. Who... By the way, and I know the Panthers didn't have a ton to play for in that game, but just curb stomped Florida yesterday. Tampa. Yeah. They beat their ass. I mean, Tampa's going to get it together. I think Tampa they already have. Up until like yesterday. No. 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 Like they that? won two straight cups. They're not worried about October. And now they've won three straight, and they're 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, and they just destroyed the team that they're going to have to potentially face in the second round of the playoffs. Whoops. And so we've long been, or I have, I don't want to speak for you, Sean, as more than I normally do. <laughs> gonna, you've been doing it for, for almost 15 years now, brother. Like, I've been in favor of, you know, high-end creativity. You're the NHL. Let's let's draft some opponents. Now, I know that's unrealistic, but there's got to be a better solution than what we have now. So that, remember last, was it last year where it was like, here's the list of superstars who are no longer playing in the play and the best time of the year, and it was like everyone you'd want to see. Just go back and, and look. I know that the play we talked about the plan last week or whenever that was, and people don't like that. I get it. Like, okay, I do. Like our ideas. I thought we were. It's a stat. It's a like Dom. Dom hated it because you know <sighs> a, a lot of the a, a lot of those guys, a lot of the a lot of the quant guys would rather just not have there be playoffs. I think <laughs> if you if, oh, if, just if you just have a model, to yeah, right. Out. Stanley no, no, just have it be have it be a soccer setup where you know the team who wins the president's trophy just wins the whole thing. Is there relegation in this scenario? <laughs> I hope there should be. Maybe, maybe if a team's ready to play at a, in an AHL ring, they can an, an AHL rink they can compete with AHL teams possibly. <sighs> so whatever, I like. Fine. Who cares about the pl- who cares about the plan? We don't even have to worry about that. Go back to one to eight seating. Yeah, one to eight was like there's no it's, it's and, it, and it was one of those things where you know you could see the logic in it back then when they went to the divisional pool, right? Because you want to foster you want to foster rivalries. You people want you want to guarantee that you get pens caps in 2016 or yeah, whatever. I do remember that was a big thing. It was like in. They'd only met once, maybe, in Sid and Ovi's career up until this. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Is my math right? Like, I remember that was a big selling point. Have we created any rivalries? That was the other thing. You're going to have no. rivalries. Have we, uh, have we got any new rivalries since this this was an, enacted? Also, well, I guess it was all just about travel and saving money. Yeah. And it was, you know, hey, great. It, it's classic short-sighted stuff where they're like, hey, we have, t- and, you know, sure, you want to foster or rig it up so you have Crosby versus Oveshkin or whatever. But guess what, man? <laughs> this is year seven, eight, ten. Like I, I I don't even how long have we been doing the been doing the the conference? Like it's move on. Do something yeah, else. This time. First it does it doesn't work anymore. Like it, it maybe made sense back then, especially now too, where you know everybody talks about the parody and that is, I mean, obviously, it's the ultimate goal of the NHL is to have 32 teams that all have 91 points. But that's not working either. 
Right. We are in a two-tiered system now where you have where you know the second wild card in the east has 100 points and the best team has 112 and the gap between <laughs> I have you actually looked at this what how many points ahead of the islanders do you think the caps are for for the last wild card spot guess I don't know I don't 20 know. 20 <laughs> I'm just reading the history of playoff formats right now sorry I not that I was tuning you out so I don't even know what you just asked me It's not parity when there's eight good teams and eight terrible ones Yeah <laughs> And that's and that's where we are in basically every con in basically each conference. So, so that hasn't worked either. Like in the end result is you just have these chases where it's like we're trying to get ginned up about who's playing who, and that's fine. Yeah. And thank God for the collapse of the Vegas Golden Knights and, and the in the chaos at the bottom in the West, because if it weren't for that, we would have truly nothing to pay attention to down the stretch here. Uh but the end game is just, it's what? Like, we're trying to get excited about seeding, but the seeding is going to directly lead to superstars and great teams being eliminated in the first round. It's garbage. So the current system was introduced in 2013-14. So yeah. the format that we, we were saying was we preferred was introduced in 98-99. So it got a run of, let's say, what, uh, 15 years? So is that how long we have to wait for this? To Was anybody complaining about that in 2013-14? Like, nobody had a problem with the one through eight system. Uh, travel. I do. People were complaining. Because I was in, I remember being in Detroit, and they were like, we're getting the Anaheim. So, like, we're playing the Ducks in round one. And and there was, there, there was like, secret talk of, hey, should teams blow it so they, so they have easier travel? Hmm. So, like, um. Yeah, but there the, were, there were the travel. conferences. I, just when I was talking to players, I remember travel complaints because yeah, okay, they're that's like, fair. by the time you know, the Flyers would would get to the Stanley Cup final, and they would have traveled a total of like eleven miles because they were like they were playing the, the Rangers and whatever. You were talking and to I was, players on the Detroit Red Wings who were upset that they had to play the Anaheim. This was Ducks. probably all done to appease. It's fixed. Like it's Detroit fixed now. It's fixed. The conferences are fixed. You don't have to worry about the Red Wings playing some yeah. insane, insane. So travel. I do remember there was to answer you, there was complaints because they were like, yeah. By the time okay, we're playing in the conference finals. But it might have been one dressing room specifically that was upset. If you had one through eight, just straight one through eight system in the West right now, we would have Colorado versus Dallas. That's fine. Minnesota right. versus Nashville. Fine. St. Louis versus LA. Like maybe not great, but you know, the West is big and there's always going to be one of those. And then Calgary versus Edmonton. <laughs> Pretty fun. East would be Florida, Washington, fine. Carolina, Pittsburgh, fine. Toronto, Boston, fine. Rangers, Tampa, fine. Like, sorry. Sorry that you're that you are going to be on a private jet for 45 minutes longer than a team you potentially might play in the next round of the playoffs. Tough cookies. It's not a reason to do this anymore. Made me angry. Sorry. I did on purpose. Let's get to Troy Terry. Before we, I, I want to say one thing about the Troy Terry conversation is it, it, it came before Getzlaff's last game. So, you know, we, we, we so if, he, if you're like, hey, how come he didn't bring that up? He does talk about Ryan Getzlaff a lot. I did want to give you an opportunity to, if, we, we can do a moment of Ryan Getzlaff appreciation because um, what a career he's had. And like, he's going to be one of those guys. Like I think of like, um, um, I mean, you know, the Ducks, 
for me in that era, especially when I was, you know, doing national stuff at ESPN yeah. or whatever, like they were always the best team to never win it. Yeah. In that, like I know they won it. Oh, earlier, really? Like, like you I love them. Hold on a second. You have them over the Sharks. Yeah, I, those mm. Ducks teams were better than those Sharks teams. Like the That's the how, one like that, that would play, like they they'd run into the Kings or the Blackhawks or whatever. Just during that like mm-hmm. heyday of like whatever year that would have been, 2010, 11, 12. Like those Bruce Boudreaux Ducks teams were so good. You mean that like, there was a Kings Blackhawks series in 2013 or 2012? Yeah. It was a I I I those years really blend together for me. Yeah, yeah. that was. But the it was a, it was final, a, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was the conference final. It was, it was a war. Series I ever saw. Getzlaff's a Hall of Famer. Easy, easily. He's Getzlaff he is was first so ballot. Good. First ballot. Like, I'll just put him in. Getzlaff, Pete Getzlaff was just a horse, and when he would just when he would turn it on. He dominated games in a way that I don't know if people really appreciate. Cause he just was don't. he was one of the first guys, like when I started actually covering games, he was one of the first guys who I saw in a dressing room. And I was like, this dude is a fridge. Gigantic. He's huge. Gigantic. He He's fills huge. up a he fills up a door frame. You're like you're like you're you are you are a big big guy, and I hadn't had that reaction because he's like six five or whatever he is, and he's like you know just a just a big big guy. And he was the first one that I saw where I was like, oh man, this guy's a he's a he's a he's a monster. He's I love I loved what Eric wrote about him a couple of days ago. By the way, Eric Stevens wrote a yeah. re- a really good um elegy for his career or and it was you know it was sort of an oral i mean it was an oral history kind of set up yeah um and those are dodgy because sometimes they don't work and sometimes they're just excuses for writers who don't want to write a story right (laughs) yeah they're always good i'm saying this as someone who's written shitty oral histories too by the way um they don't always work eric's did (laughs) eric's worked well he talked to The people he talked to were great. The way it was structured was great. You know, kind of from the come up to what to, you know, just sort of chronologically, you know, him as a prospect going up to what comes next for him. And his, he's another one. I know we talk about this whenever someone retires, but whatever his post-career path is going to be, it's going to, it'll be, it'll be interesting. He's going to have his choice, I think, of, of of a lot of different rounds. But man, he's a, God, what a good, what a, what a great player. Um, him and Perry and him, him and Perry and Bobby Ryan. That line was, was fun. Line, that line was a blast. Pretty good. Wins two Olympic golds. He was part of the powerhouse Canada. Like that. He was one of those guys who was like, Canada has all these guys, Crosby and Tate. And you're like, oh yeah, they also have. Oh yeah. Ryan by the way, they have, uh, they have, by the way, they have third like, line center Ryan Getzlaff. Who would be the, who maybe the, the best, maybe the <laughs> top line. Yeah. And also always ended up being one of the three best players on, on those, on those Canadian teams too. No, I'm it's, it's good. So I, I'm glad. So we'll take a quick break here, but Troy Terry does, you know, give him a shout out, you know, talks about what he's, he's learned from him and what, you know, what a great guy to have around to pass the mantle to the next, you know, young, great ducks. So let's get to Troy Terry and we'll jump back in. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are now uh, thrilled to be joined by Troy Terry, breakout star with the Anaheim Ducks. I, we're, Troy, first of all, thank you for joining us. We're excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. We were laughing because you had a quote somewhere. We were talking, Sean and I, while we were in the waiting room here, about how like your breakout season that we've we've all been predicting, right? Like it's happening, and it's this is the year it's happened, and it's 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 been exciting to to, to witness from afar. How how has it been to live? Like this is yeah. this is it's all coming together. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Um, I was actually talking to my dad yesterday. Um, I just feel like there's been a lot of media the last you know week or so, and you know where I'm sitting at. You know, I I just I felt like I've really more reflected on it the last couple of days, um, <laughs> and I felt that you know growing up like my when I was young, I was always very small. Um, I was always told, Oh, you have a lot of potential. And, you know, and then, you know, oh, that just continued. I was continued to tell or be told that you have a lot of potential, even at the college level. Um, you know, you have the potential to be a good NHL player and, um, everything's been, you know, how do I make it to the next level? And, um, you know, to realize that, like I have to remind myself sometimes because that's been my mindset all year or my whole career is that, you know, this is the highest level. It's the best league you can play in, in the world. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's a satisfying feeling to, you know, feel like you finally reached that potential that, you know, I've been told I have since I was, you know, 12 years old, it was always, you know, you're a good player, but you have potential you know, you can do <laughs> much better. And, and, you know, to, to just kind of, you know, feel like you've achieved that and reached that and, you know, everything I've worked for, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty, you know, gratifying feeling. That's amazing. First of all, I, I should have, I'm rude not to uh, recognize DU's championship. So I, that's, uh, <laughs> that is rude. Yeah. Thank you. For, <laughs> yeah, thank, you for, uh, thank you for acknowledging that. I, uh, that was a big day for me. You're wearing the hat and everything, man. We completely, we, com- we completely, wow. we completely whiffed. so what's i mean i love the idea of this kind of being the do you really you feel like this is the first time in your career that you've kind of actually delivered on on all the you know the potential that that people have i feel like i mean in college you know Mm -hmm. i I had some really good seasons um and you know it was always like oh i i hope this translates to the next level and um you know last year i felt like i found my game a lot um, but I didn't feel like I, you know, I didn't really have the numbers to, you know, back that up. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, coming into this year, I just, you know, started off well and, um, you know, it was the whole street thing and, and, you know, I, I was ready for that to be over. Yeah. I wanted to, I was excited to prove that, you know, it wasn't, you know, a streak is a limited time, you know, I, I was excited to, to prove that, you know, it was more than just a limited time and it wasn't just a streak. And, um, I've just been taking it day by day. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's been 
wild, long journey. You know, every hockey player goes through it. And, um, you know, I think by no means am I satisfied. I think I can, you know, keep building on this and, you know, I'm excited for next season. Um, but it's, it's a good feeling to, you know, just look in the mirror and, and be like, okay, I can, you know, really be the player that, you know, I was always sold that I can be at this level. We talked to Tage Thompson a couple of days ago and he's in a similar, similar boat mm-hmm. as you, you guys, you guys, you guys play together. Obviously the situation that you guys are in, it's fascinating to me because the production is both for both you guys is skyrocketed and it skyrocketed immediately at the start of the season after a really short off season and after a really bizarre kind of end of the, I mean, whatever the last two seasons yeah. blended together and it was crazy. So to have uh, like what, from a production standpoint, what changed? Like, was it just getting more time with, with Getzlaff? Like, like what, what was the change over the course of those three months or whatever it was from the end of last season to the start of this one? Cause you got off, you know, you had the point streak and you, you got off to a really, to a really, you know, fast start. What was the, what was the switch? Um, well, yeah, I'd, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't mention Ryan. Yeah. Getzlaff. I mean, we can, we can, um, we, we can talk about him for as long as you want, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is, I mean, I, I've, talked about him to a hundred different people yeah. in the last two to three days because of everything that's going on. Obviously I can talk forever, but, um, you know, just as a hockey player, um, he, I felt like me and him have played together, um, quite a bit over the last maybe two or three years. And I've always been a pass first type of guy. Um, and that's what he's been for, you know, 17 NHL seasons. So, um, it felt like it took me kind of a few, a year or two to kind of figure out that, you know, I needed to be the shooter. And, and I felt that I made that switch this year and it, it kind of just, you know, rounded out my whole game and made me more dangerous. And, um, and, and for me, you know, the three months that we had this past summer were huge for me. I felt, you know, what I needed to work on and what was going to make me a better hockey player was, was necessarily on the ice it was off the ice and, and in the gym and um just getting stronger and faster and um and you know just making sure i'm able to handle a full 82 game schedule mm-hmm. so we can see you now this is i, I don't know how much of this is going to clip for video but you, there's still a little bit of the black eye um that you guys <laughs> you guys became a national story there for yeah. many days the, the tyson nash stuff what now now that it's settled like i mean it it speaks volumes about kind of hockey culture. I, like we, you know, we're American. We're like, we understand you have to, you have to be exciting. You have to produce offense. It can't just be like this old school hockey. We're, what did you think of all of that? And kind of where, yeah. what is, you know, where, where are you at on all that? Yeah. I can tell you that I was ready for, I didn't really love how much attention that got. Cause it was kind yeah. of me just getting punched in the face. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I mean, um, that wasn't really, that wasn't really your fault. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, I, I have a couple different takes on it. Um, I feel that there is a, you know, an unwritten code amongst NHL players. And, um, I think that it was, you know, <laughs> I think it was very against that code. Um, I think, you know, I watch games every night. Um, I see a lot of scrums. I see, you know, you know, things happen. Um, 
But at the same time, I was also, I, I mean, it, it was a learning lesson for me. Um, you know, not everyone is, is going to, you know, view situations the same as you and you got to be ready for, for those situations when they come. And, and it was uh, unfortunate learning lesson for me because you guys saw the black eye and, and, you know, it, it, it was, it was, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I'm not mad, like I'm not mad about it anymore. Right. It was for me, it was more of a learning lesson. Um, and I was kind of, you know, I, it's not like I wanted anyone to feel sorry for me for getting punched in the face. I mean, it, it happens, it's hockey. Um, and it, it was what it was. And for me, it's more of a learning lesson. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that, you know, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Um, yeah. but I mean, it, it was, it's something that I'm glad, you know, the eyes healed up. So, um, I don't have to talk about it every time someone looks at me, um, but it's definitely something I, I learned from and I'm ready to move on. From. Well, what did you, what did you learn from it? Just to be, you know, I, I not everyone's going to respect the code of hockey. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I watch a hundred scrums a game happen and, you know, there's a lot of face washing going on. The refs are in there. Uh, and I just, I needed to be more ready. I mean, I've talked hmm. to Ryan Getzlav, you know, if, if something like that happens and you feel that, you know, this guy is trying to all of a sudden go with you, you got to be more ready to, you know, make sure you get your gloves off and, and you're in a position where, you know, you can protect yourself because I just, I felt that, you know, it caught me off guard and I think he got me pretty early. Um, and I just found myself in a position where, you know, I couldn't, the biggest learning lesson is, is just, I was in a position where I felt I couldn't control the situation because I couldn't protect myself. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my fault. I mean, I just needed to be more ready for it. And, um, it was an unfortunate way to learn that lesson, but, um, that's kind of what I've taken from it. I I'm glad that, Pat Ver Verbeek, who's pretty old school dude, right? Like played mm -hmm. the game, understands how it's played. Came out, you know, publicly defending Trevor Zegers. Like the, the notion that you all can't have fun out there and produce offense and do it however you see fit to me is, yeah, I don't know. At best, hey, okay. I, here's here's here here's my question about that though. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna do you talk feel for a while, yeah, and, and we can. This will be this will be it for that. Do you feel like other players have a problem with that, or is that what we hear from guys like Tyson Nash and sort of, you know, John Tortorella get getting into with Zegers? Right. Do you see that from from? Do you see other players having a problem with that, or is that media no, media I mean, popcorn? I mean, there's there's a way to go about it, but I I don't think there's anyone in in the league that you know, has a problem with it. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's good for the game. I think it's, it's exciting. And I mean, I, I don't know who's to say that it's against anything. If, if you're putting the puck on the net, I mean, <laughs> right. I could Amen. Tyson Nash, uh, should probably stop there, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who's to say that it's not good for the game. And, and I think that there's definitely a way to go about it. Um, I know that, you know, there was no showboating. It was, it was, mm. um, you know, I, I was, I had front row seat for, you know, the Michigan goal he scored in that game. And, and I saw how the puck was, was laying there. I saw how easy it was for him to be able to get it on his stick, how it was. And it was the right play for him to make in that position. And, and he scored. So I, right. I think, uh, you know, he's a smart hockey player. He's got the ability to do that. I don't think he's 
you know, trying to, to force things and just be, you know, like just a, uh, a showboat out there. I think he, he does things when it's the right time and, and he has that ability. Okay. So we can, we can talk about Trevor now. You said, yeah. you said a couple of weeks ago, you know, when you started getting more time with him, cause I, I know you played more, you played more in a line with him over the last little chunk than, than you have before. It sounded like you were worried about being prepped to receive passes from him. Like you were like, there might be a little bit, of, there might be a little bit of a, of a learning curve with him out there. Do you feel you feel more comfortable there? How do, how do you feel after getting more more consistent time with him over the last little bit? Yeah, I mean, it took a little bit. Um, you know, the the other guy I mentioned, Ryan Getzlav, prepared <laughs> me for that. <laughs> Just a little um, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got that same ability, um, Trevor and Ryan, where you know you don't you don't see a passing lane there and they're not looking at you, but be ready for it. And, um, so, you know, I, I feel that I've come a long ways in that of just trying to be ready. And Trevor's the same, you know, playing with him, he'll find you. He'll, you know, force pucks through a, a skate to come in. He'll get the puck through anything and he'll, he'll find you. And, um, the only thing with Trevor is, is he does it in sort of a different fashion. I mean, he's just, He's more, his creativity is, you know, I like to think of myself as a skilled, you know, creative hockey player who can make plays out there, but there's, there's things I see him do where I'm like, I just wouldn't have even thought of that in a hundred years. You know, like I, he surprises me sometimes with, you know, just how creative he can be. And, um, it's, it's, it was definitely an adjustment, but, um, you know, I thought me and him, you know, worked really well off each other. He's fun to play with. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you, you said, um, at one point, if someone would have come to you and said, uh, we'll give you 30 goals, you would say, I, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. So now <laughs> yeah. what's your number next year in a heartbeat? Like that someone says, Hey, I'll give you this. And you'll say, okay, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. Um, I'm about to give you the most cliche hockey. Oh, oh no. Troy, you were doing oh, so dude. well. Never mind. You move on. <laughs> well, I mean, in, a, in all, in all honesty with you, um, I just felt that this year I kind of just like I got scratch game too. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys even know that, but I got healthy scratch game. Yeah, too. and what what happened? At, what happened after you got healthy scratch? By the way, <laughs> and then I went on a streak after. It. So yeah. like talk about the highs and the lows, and and I feel that I've just kind of you know stayed even keel and just taking it day by day, which is the most hockey answer ever. But yeah. but it's what you have to do in pro hockey, and um and then now, like I said, I've, I've kind of reflected on it the more the last couple of days and I'm sitting here at 36 goals and it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, it's, it's just been a chiseling, you know, away type of thing. And, um, and it's not to say that I can't, you know, do this every year and I have that confidence, but, um, you know, it's a national hockey league. I, it's hard to say, I mean, I want to hit 40 goals next year because it's not easy to do. Um, I feel that I'm more than capable of doing it. And, um, my cliche hockey answer is kind of what I'm going for. I'm just, Take it day by day. You almost got there. You almost gave us the number. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's close <laughs> enough. Um, do you feel like you've added stuff to the bag, like over the last over the last couple months, in, in terms of in terms of you know the way that you do score goals? Because like especially watching you early, you know there's a lot of whatever a lot a lot of the wrister, a lot of placement stuff. But you look at the two at the two goals in 22 seconds versus Tampa. I mean, both those came off redirects, right? So I, I don't know. I, I feel like is there? Do you feel like your skill sets? diversified now even versus you know two, yeah. two months ago um you know i felt last year i think i had i felt like i found my game a little bit last year i had seven goals um 
I like went back and looked at my seven goals and, and they were kind of all, you know, not individual efforts, but like, you know, I, I, I beat a guy and, and then I make a nice move and then I score or like someone makes a good pass to me and, you know, I make a really good shot. And then I, like I, I watch the NHL and I watch guys, you know, have, I watch Chris Kreider, you know, he's got a hat trick and, and they're all within three feet yeah. of the net. They're in that's that same, they're in the same score. spot, in the same spot from the slot. Yeah, same exact right? yeah. I mean, it's not to say he can't score in all ways, but, um, you know, that was something that I felt that I never did and I needed to, you know, get stronger in the summer and I needed to be more of a, you know, around the net type player. Hmm. So you're, you're a former Olympian or I guess always an Olympian once you're an Olympian. <laughs> you will, will you be playing for the uh, U.S. Uh, in the World Championships? Um, I will not. I will not this okay. year. Yeah. Um, what how, what went into the thought? Um, I'm actually. I mean, I'm getting married. Um, oh, congrats! Yeah, congrats. and you know, it's it's a big commitment on time, and it is. It's um, and yeah, with the wedding and everything. I mean, if I want to hit the numbers that I didn't tell you guys next year, I got to make sure I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in the gym and, and have enough time for the summer. All right. And I want a lightning round the last couple. A, is it true you're named after Troy Aikman? Yes. Okay. Is that lightning answer too? Yeah. Yes, I am. My, my dad was yeah, a Cowboys know. fan. Yeah. I am. I am too. Your dad played played football at Arizona State, right? That was, this is Wikipedia. Yeah. This is Wikipedia shit yeah. from us. How are you, yeah. how are you not named after, after Jake Plummer? You were born in 97. <laughs> like he was, he was the guy back then. Come on. I know. To speak. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, he, uh, my dad's from Dallas. He ended up playing in Arizona. Um, and then he met my mom in Arizona. I mean, living there after. So, but he's diehard Cowboys fan. Um, and I've kind of just taken that up in the family. The other lightning round, the answers don't have to be lightning round. I'm just banging these in before yeah. Sean gets questions in. Um, <laughs> So r- completely randomly, we've just been we've we now have a streak of four straight players off the fourteen fifteen national development team. We, we started with Matthew Kachuk, who, then went Roslovic, then Tage Thompson, then you. So who, knowing that roster well, and who's fun to talk to, who would be your recommendation that we go to next? Like who um, who's so much fun to play with? Who's the most fun to play with on that team? Yeah, um, I mean you've mentioned some of the obvious guys. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, awesome. I mean that team. We had so many good players. I mean, maybe Jordan Greenway. He's always fun to talk. That's, that's a good one. Uh, okay, I think that's the guy you guys got to get on if you haven't. He's great. We uh, Tage was said Christian Fisher, so he said he said he would. Yeah, he, he's a character also. <laughs> um, what what was your Austin Matthews? What's your what's your moment that you knew he was going to be a superstar? Um, I actually. Uh, so like, uh, and growing up in hockey, there's national camp. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go to state camp to make it out of that, you go to regional camp and then you go to national camp. And I was probably 14 at the time. Yeah. And I went to regional camp with Arizona mm-hmm. and he was actually on my team there. And, you know, I was like playing triple a, I thought I was like, you know, the, <laughs> thought I was awesome. You know, I like yeah. was, was whatever. And and then we had this kid from Arizona who was, I think he might've played single a the year before. Um, no one knew who he was and he just absolutely dominated out there. And it almost it bothered me, you know, because I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm this triple a player and single a players, you know, put scoring more than me. And, 
Um, it was funny because as much as I didn't want to admit it, because he was better than me, like he, he was that good, even coming from, you know, not playing AAA and at the highest level at that time. Um, you could just tell how good he was. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years and, and you're, you're seeing what he's doing now. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. Well, Troy, we appreciate you doing this. Yep. Thanks guys. Congratulations on DU, the wedding, everything. It's a big, appreciate it. It's been a big year. And, <laughs> and, uh, a certain, a certain number of goals next year that we, we, yeah, we yeah. will not, we will not, <laughs> we will not mention. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Thanks. Thanks. But, thanks guys. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the only good segment on the show. It's when we beg. Do we beg each week for comments, Craig? Is that true? I don't know if we beg. We involve we, we involve our subscribers and friends. It's it's about it's about engagement. We want you guys to feel a sense of ownership over this show, a sense of ownership over this segment. Do our work for us, really. I that's not a charitable way to phrase it, but yes, we want you to do our work for us because it really is like you just we can just we can just wind you guys up and then talk for forty five minutes. It's awesome. This was after our Tage Thompson interview. He was great. Also scored. Well, it was yesterday, but not actually yesterday. He is now best at Jack Eichel and for season for career high in goals. Very, very, very yes. funny. So I yeah, lost but, that bet. Well, <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to find the person that like sincerely put, put money down that, put money down on that, down on that happening. 
It would um, be a pretty weird bet. Like, when would that have had happened? Like a couple years ago. Who's going to have a higher career high? Tage Thompson or Jack Eichel? I feel like you you could have maybe gotten odds on that, like after the Eichel trade or something, where it was oh, like okay. where you knew that like Tage was going to slide in as the one C. <laughs> you just bet on <laughs> bet on bet on production there. I'll make a bet with you. Yeah. Does who finishes their career with a higher single season high goal total? Tage Thompson, and Jack. <laughs> Will Jack score forty goals in a season? That's, that's like that's like that's that's really the question. I'm gonna say yes. I'll say I'll say he has. I'll, I'll say he has one. We'll see what happens on a team level because I'm taking Tage. Then just to be, I'll take the other side. It, how many more goals? Mark this down. I'll remember this uh, conversation yeah, in fine. twenty years. I'm saying that I'm saying that Jack. I'm this. saying that Jack will have like whatever a forty-one goal season or something. Then the issue becomes: is it, Are they just going to go back and forth? How about this? Next year, Jack has thirty-nine. Year after that, Tage has forty-two. And they just go back and forth. You think there's and it's one of the, and it's one of the great rivalries in the sport. Individual rivalries. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. That could happen. Jack scored 36 in 68 games. Yeah. At the age of 23. He's get, he's going to have. Jack's going to. Jack gonna, will have. A he'll have a. He'll still be healthy long enough to have. Here. Yeah. I would take Jack too, but we like Tage. First comment is about the Vegas Golden Knights, actually. Alex R says, I feel like the Petrangelo sighting and the Pacioretty trade were both the type of move you end up regretting in a few years because of their ages. Mm-hmm. And they had to trade all their depth for fifth rounders to fit them under the cap. Um. Yes on Petrangelo, no on Pacioretty. I think I think there was less. I know you gave up Suzuki, right? That's not great, but oh, the Petrangelo contract is not looking good. He's going to be if if this is who he is. I know we've said this before. If this is who he is moving forward, that's going to that's going to be a problem. So I I don't think those I don't think those deals are in you know similar similar yeah, camps here. But you got to factor in that you gave up something to get patch ready. Like, I mean, yes, you had to move cap space. Like cap space is an asset that you're giving up and signing Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Suzuki is part of that equation. Suzuki is part of the equation. It's just, it's more that patch has got, you know, one year left on his deal and Petrangelo's just goes on so much, so right. much farther. Right. Paying, like pay for it forever. Eileen says, as of 419, so this is six days ago, Jason Robertson sits at 36 goals with six games left. Does he hit 40? Well, he's got 38 now. I love the stars. They're so they're so funny. I don't think they're are they good? I don't I don't know that that really matters. But their games, I've said this before, it's just like 56 minutes of whatever. And then you get a few good a few good shifts out of Hints and Robertson and Pavelski, and that's like enough. That's enough to get them. Get them where they need to go. This team is going to make the playoffs. Yeah. The Dallas Stars are going to make the playoffs unless they completely go down. But that, and that's why they're fun. Like it comes with the asterisk, right? Where all they got to do is basically get two points in, in one of their final, in one of their final three games here and they're set. And I don't know that you can say that because this team is so prone to streakiness and so prone to duds that like anything is on the table. If there is one team to watch down the stretch here, it is them because they are chaotic and very funny. I like Kendall H nominates Robertson as the most underrated American. That's, that's going to be, we talked a little bit about Kyle Connor last week. I think Mm -hmm. Kyle Connor's in that conversation. 
Kyle yeah. Connor has 45 goals, you guys, everybody. <laughs> That's unbelievable. How about, good, good how about point, Chris good. Kreider with 51? Can we call Chris Kreider underrated? He's I a don't 50 think, goal scorer okay, in New York. I don't know if he's underrated. I don't know if he's underrated, but I because of he does get some. He's atten- a superstar. He's a fifty goal scorer. <laughs> Are you trying to get me to turn on Chris Kreider here? After I know after, you love Chris Kreider, I'm just after saying shit talking me like periodically all season for you know dapping mm, off Chris Kreider on a regular never. basis. You personally hate Chris Kreider. That's you don't, not true. And you don't. Talk that is. <laughs> I love Chris Kreider. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when whenever he came up? He he jumped directly from from NCAA to the to the playoffs with the Rangers up. That I was year. at that game. I think I, I I think I was too. I remember the early the early book on Chris Kreider was that he was a low talker. Do you remember that? But he was really smart. Like I remember talking to him. Yeah. But it kind of um, I, I I distinctly remember having this conversation with, with with some with some other people on that on that series, and we weren't sure if he was if he just was super duper soft spoken. Or was uh, deliberately trying to mess with us, and I'm still and I'm still not sure. You think a guy gets brought in from college, and he's immediately messing with the, the national evil, evil in the playoffs? Evil genius, Chris Kreider. I would I would appreciate it if he, he was. How about Jake Gensel in the most underrated? Ever? <sighs> I I'm, I I got to recuse myself from that one because I don't think he's I don't think he's underrated at all. I hear a lot about Jake Gensel. You do. I don't. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I he's not underrated here. I know that. Yeah, I think a big part of the early part of the season when Crosby was coming back from surgery and then you know had an underratedly rough time with COVID. By the way, he was sick. I think yeah. a big part of that was that, and a big outcome of that was that Kensel produced without him. And I think we can say that's kind of the season that Kensel's had, where we can say definitively now that he's not a passenger. He's not a creation of Crosby. If anybody had, and I, not that that's something I, I, I believe myself, but if anybody had questions about that, I think, you know, the way he's played this season, you can pretty safely, pretty safely throw that out the window. All right. I know whenever I, we were, and whenever we were trying, whenever we did our last rounds of Olympic roster projections, yeah. it kind of came down to Robertson and Gensel. Like mm-hmm. that, like, the, like those are the guys that me and Dom and Corey uh, were, were sort of ping ponging back and forth. And I think we ended up, and this is funny because the thing never got published because of, you know, all the, for, for for obvious reasons. I don't know where we ended up standing. I think we found a way to get them both on there. But I, but I want to say that Robertson was out of the lineup and we had Gensel on a line. So, like, those guys are, I mean, whatever, flip a coin between those two, you know? Do you have Tate Thompson on that team? <laughs> no, but we're penciling them in for the, for the uh, 20, you should do 26 team. I have, dude, whatever. We gotta gotta make it through the summer in in uh That's true. It's gonna one, be one of our Apple really. podcast bonus episodes. Oh god. Pick an Olympic team who would be who would July. be the twenty twenty three Olympic team? Also very uh, fun very funny moment in, in the Troy Terry interview is when you're like, Hey, are you going to the world championships? He was like, Nope. <laughs> I was rattled. I just assumed yeah. he was. Yeah. And then I'm I, like, Well, why? He was like, I don't know. I'm getting married. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, jerk. I'm getting married. That's kind of that's kind of difficult. I was like, I did not. I, if you listen to the follow up, go back. I was like, uh, oh, oh, well, how come? Um, I like I like this comment from William T because it starts out okay. and I was and I was going to make fun of him. Um, oh, that's always good. Cool, because well, it's well, because in hindsight, we have the benefit engaging we, with us. I'll tell you what, we have the benefit here because a lot of these comments were left, you know, six days ago. Um, we have the benefit of having 
of having known what happened in the ensuing six days. So we, can, we don't know what's going to happen tonight in the Chicago Philly game. Can make fun of whoever we want, baby. I don't get the alarm about Vegas. William T says clearly they have a plan, which is where, which is when I, I saw that and I was like, okay, we can we can rip on this guy. He flips it quickly though. Clearly they have a plan to acclimate their fans to being true NHL fans through expedited heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So far it's been heartbreak in the cup final, heartbreak in the first round, heartbreak in the conference final and heartbreak in the Comey semifinal bonus heartbreak missing the playoffs near. They finally get their all-star center should mold their mold, their fans into the same bitter, pessimistic, surly a-holes as the rest of us. Great job Knights. It's true. They've done it in short order. They're like, how can we get this fan base to turn on us? How can we become a true NHL team? Because they've done that, right? Where you have people turned on the Twitter account. That's big. That's a big. <laughs> that's a big step. And now they're and now their fans are have been disappointed in so many different ways. And we're getting the questions now. And I know we just talked about Jack for a while. And I know we're going to talk about a lot of this on the Monday show. But now it's turned into like. What's going you on? You talked previously. You talked. If you go back definitely, and listen to the Monday definitely show. Not gonna, definitely not going to. Definitely not going to start talking about that in eight minutes. Oh my gosh, you up against it? Yeah. No, All right. Not. I really. want to read this because I. I let's see if I can get through this question. William S says, "I named my dog Tuka Pe- Pekka Lou Karan after three and a half of my favorite goalies." <laughs> That's a, a mouthful. I couldn't. Sebastian even Sebastian Karan is that Matthew? Uh, I picked the next breed. Oh, hold on. I picked the next breed, but not the name. So. Which dog breed exudes the essence of American hero Philip Kessel? Cocker Spaniel. Oh, you're already answering it? (laughs) (laughs) What dog breed exudes the essence of American hero Philip Kessel? Mike's, I like the answer. I think we already answered. Mike Sullivan looks like a Doberman. Okay, so I saw that. I saw that and I was like, that doesn't, my initial reaction was like, I don't know. I don't know. But after sitting with it for a second, I'm there. Mike Sullivan's intense. He's intense. He's got a he's got a, a kind of a narrow kind of a narrow face too. I yeah, but we're talking about their essence, less <laughs> their their physical makeup. Joe, this William uh, really Joe Thornton is kind of a schnauzery type. What other spirit animals exist in the league? I got to sit on this one for a while. You know what this is, buddy? Apple Podcast Apple Plus content like a bonus episode. <laughs> like who's like the golden retriever of? Uh, players you know oh my god the guy brent that burns loves mm, brent burns i don't he's know he's got a little bit was, he might have a little bit too much of an edge actually now that i think about yeah, it yeah like goldens are just so eager to please at all times brent is not always eager no to please, i would say <laughs> no i've got yeah i like brent but he's not i wouldn't say he's eager to please like who would be like the one that's like i don't know is it one of the young guys <laughs> Maybe. Is it Jack? Is it Jack Hughes? Jack's not. Jack's got an edge, by the way. Hughes. Mm. Like, not a negative way. And I, I Like, I want my hockey players with an edge. But Jack, like, a golden, like, Jack would blow you off in a second if he felt like you were messing with I was thinking, you know oh, I mean? yeah, for like, sure. I was thinking you know I mean? more of, like, like I'm, I was thinking more of, like, on ice stuff, though, where you're, like. Oh, right, right. You're, you know, whatever, happy. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, interactive, Creative and silly and whatever. Yeah, that's, I'm, I mean, obviously. Yeah, we got. I'll think. We, I'll think. We got. Th- it's a we, good question. We got to think about this one. But who? Okay, well, you're you're very well equipped to say this. Like, who is just like the the most happy go lucky, you know, dude in the league? Like, who is the who is the happiest person you've ever spoken? You know, to? the happiest. Like Bobby Ryan would be like the like Bobby was 
always so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Honorary third member of this podcast. Yeah. We're going to bring him in for a segment in 30 seconds here. The weekly Bobby Ryan. Maybe we could have Bobby Ryan break down dog. I don't mean, he would know. Okay. He, he would play ball too. Emily L., don't tell McIndoo since I started listening to the Thursday show for him, but you guys are absolutely the best day in the athletic hockey pod family. Oh, thanks, Emily. Oh, yes. Don't want to disrupt the USNDP and TDP reunion you've got going on. But we're three for three on Sabres, Sabres interviews, which is true. Because we had... been great. We had Granado. We had Tuck. We had Thompson. All three are wonderful. Um, but thank you. I just wanted to read a compliment. That's very nice. Connor R., I feel like there's been an appalling lack of anti-Canadian hostility lately. Is it possible to get the Monday show labeled as a terrorist organization? <laughs> That's a good question. And there's some possibly uh, libelous claims about Haley Salvian. I'm not saying that they're incorrect, but we don't want to open ourselves up to legal legal issues mm-hmm. here. Have we been uh, nice? Have we been? Are we going soft in our old age since the anthem, probably? Mendez and Haley go at us a little bit. So they're going at us, and we're... I did open the show calling Ian. <laughs> what did you call him? I don't remember. A coward. Oh, Helvy Healy jumped into the comments. Oh, section. yeah. You guys, we have a celebrity appearance in the comments <laughs> section. <laughs> Healy just goes, what have I ever done to you? To Michael <laughs> K. Mm-hmm. Craig specifically has you all fooled, Haley says. Top rope. Jeez, Haley. Can, I've got some Craig's as nice as you think. Yeah, go for it. No, I'm not. We did have a uh, large Zoom staff meeting where Haley mm-hmm. uh, really showed herself. <laughs> <laughs> Slurms McKenzie is a star in this. I love I love Slurms. The Knights have tried to martingale their way to a cup, which is ironic considering the city they play in. That is a gambling reference, and I'm not going to go too far into it. But it, but if anybody wonders, just Google Google uh, the martingale. Um, the martingale. What what's the word I'm looking for? Not theory. Not not theory. Can you can you explain it a little more or you can't? Um I'm bad at I'm bad at the math. Um but it's a it's a it's a gambling strategy where you basically uh you if you're at a roulette table you basically double up on your bets and every t- every time you lose <laughs> every time until you Yeah. And, oh my gosh, you that's hit. really good. Arms. Um, Breakout star. Absolutely. Um the people still love the the athletic show Rumble. Um <laughs> we need to turn that into more content because people because people people really like it. Um, Nate, here's a good question from Nate. You, do you think that I as a Lightning fan should be worried at all about the first round playoff matchup with Toronto? I know they have Austin, but it's the Maple Leafs in the playoffs for Christ's sake. For Christ's sakes, should we worry? Um, yes, I think this. I think th- I like the Leafs this year. Yeah, me too. So. I know it's not fun to say it's anti-American. It's Me not too. though. Austin Matthews is a, is the is a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. Austin Matthews, um, and you know, games being on ESPN, great American player, lifting the Leafs to glory they haven't ever seen in decades. Mm-hmm. That's that's just irresistible to me. So, and I believe in them. I do. So I got to say, if you're a Lightning fan, um. Like that leaf stream is going to be motivated and ready to ready to roll, and you're coming off two cups, and yeah, I know you want your legacy and all that stuff, but there's something about Toronto. I don't know. Yes, to answer. 
it's tough to it's tough to pick. Them I hate to say that I as know, an American, I know. you know, etc. But as Nawson Matthews podcast, that team that team is so good. If they if they just get if they get something from the goalies, they're gonna be they're gonna be a problem. I think we gotta go. By the way, I think we okay. gotta be done here. Seriously, there's so many more. All right, great job, everybody. Uh, make sure to listen to every other podcast in our podcast network ever. What other plugs do we do at the end? And subscribe to the Athletic. Are we rushed? No, kind we're of. not. We're not rushed. We're at the we're at the logical endpoint for this, okay. and, and also um, and also I need to record the Monday show here. <laughs> Traitor. Or wait a second. This is Tuesday. Melon B joined. Melon B joined. Scott Melon B joined Mike Russo this week on Straight from the Source. That's always that's always fun. First uh, captain of the first team I ever covered, Scott Melon B. Great dude. The thrash, baby. Long of the thrash. Do I have time to tell a quick Scott Melby story? Yes. Go for it. So, I'm not going to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See you, <ya>, everybody. <laughs> have a great week. <laughs>